So, welcome back from the coffee breaks. Matt Perks decided to uh, to stay for a second session of our, our hard-hitting brand of podcast journalism. Uh, Pat, what kind of coffee do you have there? This is the a coffee? delicious Ethiopian coffee. It's a latte made with this really cool freeze-condensed milk. Freeze-condensed? Freeze-distilled milk? Freeze-dried? Yeah, not dry. You, you freeze the whole gallon of milk in the freezer, and then you thaw about half of it. And a lot of the water stays behind. So this is just more milk wow. than milk. Yeah, it's not so, quite like heavy like... cream, but it's it's different. It's a little a little sweeter, a little nicer. It's sounds great. I enjoy it. That, that's quite <laughs> the uh, coffee aficionado, I suppose. I have a. Uh... I have Dr. Pepper actually. So <laughs> I've been I've been trying to stay away from the sodas these days, you know, to watch uh watch my weight and such, but today How's your weight? Today doing, not Jeremy? so much. It's uh it's staying pretty constant, which isn't isn't a bad thing, I suppose. We're uh I'm not i I'm not swimming every day like Matt in the cold water, so I'm sure that's uh, <laughs> that's it's fan it's a fantastic workout though. I I mean just um I mean it sounds I, I don't know. It sounds interesting, but my uh, my grandmother, when she was alive, she used to swim all the time. She stayed in such good shape, you know, for for a long time. It's just so such good exercise and so low impact on your joints. It that being said, I can't like listen well. to podcasts yeah. or whatever else. So I feel like it'd be a little little boring. So I, I, I don't know. I bet there's some waterproof headphones though the, yeah. these days. I One of the guys in our Discord has been shopping for I think the new Pixel Buds Pro will block out the water and they're waterproof and but i don't know because that that would be a great uh, great way to keep you could have your little uh, your phone in a little boat just floating just yeah, yeah. you could tow it with a little string that's right well ma maybe that maybe that could be a uh, a project for you matt not that not that oh, you yeah. need my not that you need my advice because you're uh, you're doing some fantastic right. projects. Yeah. You can yeah, do little, um, turn um, earbuds speaker, into speakers. Bluetooth speaker boat. Can you turn speakers into Bluetooth earbuds? No, it's the wrong way to go. Um, uh, it's, it's not even a good joke. Yeah, I was you, <laughs> <No. laughs> you could you could have like a little things like that. I'll take it too seriously and actually yeah. try and work out how to do it. That'd be an April Fool's episode. So, April oh, that's a good that's a good idea. Because I was gonna I was gonna say you could have like a aquatic drone that follows you around, and like it could be you could say you built it, but really it'd just be some guy, like a guy with a, a dive, like a, a scuba scuba gear following you around with the, with the boat. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was I thought it was funny. Um, so so but but Matt, you've done some fantastic projects. Uh, probably the. You know, maybe the most fantastic project of of recent is your slim slim PS5 build. Is that would that be accurate to say that's your, I guess, biggest hit recently? Uh, or... Definitely the biggest hit view wise and cultural, I guess, cultural um, uh, impact. I suppose yes, because it's way more mainstream than a lot of my others. So it just got views so quickly. And for those who don't know it, it's uh, it hit nine million views in just over a month and a half i believe which is it's very crazy. fast for, for the for the for the channel yeah i would i would say that's very fast i, I mean, get you excited know, my... when i have a video that gets like two thousand views so that's uh <laughs> way out of my league <laughs> so yeah that's that's yeah, what it's, it's wild four really. four and a half thousand times that i guess <laughs> i'll believe that i trust your math jeremy 
Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't <laughs> quite. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet on it. But but yeah. Anyway, so that's been fantastic, and I guess I guess the whole thing is a PS Five, which which I don't have, and like a PlayStation you know, Five. PlayStation Five. PS Five is. Right, so it's it's very very tall and kind of awkward. I mean, it's not like boxy at all. It's just kind of kind of a weird it's, shape, right? So people thought it's it was architectural. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting architect. aesthetic. So it would be a beautiful building, but not so much something that fits on your your book book stand. Personally, very well. I actually quite like the play, original PlayStation uh, Five design. Um, some people hate it though, and that's. Okay. A friend once said that you know you've come up with some nice art when some people hate it and other people love it. So I'm assuming they've made a nice piece of art, really, for a console. <laughs> I think it looks yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, it looks, it looks, um, it's it's an individual piece. I'll just I'll say that. So yeah, but but uh, I mean, basically, you took you took this, you stripped it down to its, I guess, components, and then you made it. You know, slim, kind of like the last one I can really it, reference is the PS2, is the which I thought was awesome. Yes. That, that was the inspiration. Uh, Video-wise, right? yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So for for me, the first one yeah, I did your was third PlayStation um, Five built. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right. Um, and the first one was a brass one, so that was basically recreating the original shell, but in, with brass, which was really difficult because the PlayStation Five shape is so. Um, there's so many different contours and it's not it wasn't simple at all so that was that was quite an interesting process and then the second one was a stealthy playstation 5 which was basically making it look like an old um kind of wooden set top box um it was fairly simple just a shell really but it worked again great view wise so i'm nice. always thinking yeah a lot of people loved it um in hindsight i probably i don't think i'll do the mix of um carbon fiber and wood again because i don't think they quite marry up as as component as like materials yeah. um so i don't know what else i could have used for that uh but it was it was still made it interesting for the video though to be yeah. fair they make um, some other carbon obviously... fibers with colored you can get it in different you know the weave in different yes, colors that's true but i don't know if yeah. any would i'm not i don't think any would match wood well either no. Maybe a light um, wood. I don't know. I mean, to be fair, something like um, brushed aluminium might have um, aesthetically looked a bit nicer. Or even adenized. Anodized? Sorry. <laughs> adenized. Um, anodized aluminium would have looked black or something. So it's yep. a bit a bit of a different texture to the carbon fiber. Yep. That would have probably looked, worked well. Um, but then, obviously, um, I a long time ago when I was doing it thought hey this could be made a lot thinner so I eventually got around to that a couple of months ago and uh, did the video and it did insanely well <laughs> so uh, the internet part loves of that, again, big things made smaller yes although in general a fair just... criticism of that project is that I externalized a lot of its mass um, but mm. I do plan on revisiting it and actually make it um, slightly thicker but entirely within its shell um because I, I do believe that there's a method to do that as as well so watch this space <laughs> <laughs> so one one thing that i thought was interesting about that that you know i, I feel like you just kind of mentioned it but something about how the the copper you use on that was as expensive as the playstation 5 itself is that 
Did I get? Yeah. Did I hear um, that correctly? Of course. I don't know whether the uh, whether I sourced it well because I'm I'm certain it just seems off for for that amount of copper to be that expensive. But yeah, I had I had to pay almost as much for the copper material as I did for the PS5, which is obviously um, it's fine as because I can justify it as a as a business expense and things was you know this is my business but um was it worth nine million views yeah (laughs) yeah it was (laughs) yeah yeah it's uh for for when you know a video is going to perform well um you have no worries about you know just getting what you need to make it happen and that's um i try and keep things low cost still but sure. um, sometimes I just need to get things fast rather than waiting for postage. And it means sometimes um, I'll pay over the odds just to get it quickly so I can uh, get the video finished in time, really. It's, it's a bit of a balancing act. Sure. So you say you say when you know a video is going to do a... Do you have a sense of that or do you some, do some research or how, how, do, you, uh, it's how just do you... How sense. do you know that? Just it's a just sense. A, a, well, it's obviously you, pretty good. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I think it's just something you get used to doing YouTube for so long. You are, oh, I'm constantly thinking of what the thumbnail will be and the title before I even embark on a project. Because if it's not got those two things nailed down, uh, it's not going to perform as well as uh, another idea might. And is it, is it then worth a month of my time? I have to evaluate that and uh, make a judgment accordingly um, but it was fairly fairly obvious I think that a PS5 Slim would do <laughs> do well so because <laughs> it's, uh, oh, sure. it's so I, I can, unique and... it seems it seems like the correct assumption to me I just I just wonder because I'm always I just love I just love building things and I just can't I can't resist building them and sometimes yeah. I know this is not going to be a good project for YouTube or etc cetera, etc cetera, but I've just got to do it I, I don't it. know yeah, it's and definitely sometimes balancing it's a good act. project for you. So that's, you got to do that's it. That's true. I, I deserve I deserve a hobby project once in a while. It, it's you know that's the thing thing Matt. You know it's you say oh it's nice when or maybe Pat said this but it's nice when your hobby can become your profession, and I feel like that's been become the case with me as well with you know writing about technology and, and some bunch of different things. But at the same time now, it's like what do I do for fun? Well, my job is my fun. So, yes. what, you know, it's, it's a weird, it's a strange, uh, it's a strange world, which I guess you guys understand, understand that world, but it's, yeah. I'm trying to think what else to ask you, but I, I, th- I thought it was especially clever. I guess one thing that I thought was especially clever is how you did the, did the, uh, the water cooling through the, um, the channel in the, um, that basically you formed with the two, two things of, of copper. I, I don't, I don't really know what to ask you about that, except that I thought it was very clever and maybe where, he doesn't did, have a question. He's we, just telling you that that is awesome, and it was cool. Right. And well, let me ask this: How did you get that inspiration? What 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 made you think think to do it that way? Hmm. Um, I think it was just a chain of thought because I knew you know a water block's going to be too big for this. How can I move this water around um, without it taking up the unit taking up more space? Um, what if I just have it go through some um, uh, soldered uh, co- copper channels? Uh, so it was it was fairly um, fairly straightforward, um, really. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, basically, it's it's a, a base base 
sheet of copper Three and layers. then another sheet of copper where it's where it's cut out for the actual water channel and then on top, top of that you've attached another piece of copper so you know it's yeah i guess in a way it's a simple concept but it's a interesting way to do it not necessarily some the way i, I would have thought to do it i think yeah it, it's a lot of a lot of the concepts i use in my videos are, are they're called quite simple but i think um i try and combine them in a way that makes it interesting and gives it a uh, purpose and also hopefully people can learn something um so i would say it's more it's more of a because there were other ways i could have done it i just knew that that one would be would have been interesting so that was partly why i chose it because it would have made it made a good, good video it looked yeah, great sure um it was simple enough to do with um tools i had in the house and uh yeah it worked worked out good i think nice I have yeah, not been excited about water. I've been very down on water cooling ever ever since it came out. Am I too? Is, do I sound old if I say it that way? Yeah, I've been happy with air cooling and fans. No, until I started having a, a microphone, and now I want my office to be quiet. And I have fans and hard drives everywhere. And now I want to water cool my next machine. Isn't intrinsically like quieter because you've got to deal with the same amount of heat. Um, a lot of the time, actually, air cooling is advantageous because oh. you don't have to deal with a pump, you don't have to deal with um, uh, maintenance. Uh, air cooling actually has a lot of benefits or perks. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, the first time I thought about water cooling, I said, I don't know why everybody's using these radiators. I was just, I figured, why wouldn't I just use a car radiator? Or, you know, yeah. just something. Is that a radiator or is it a radiator, Pat? Do you know what's funny about that? One of my friends who I grew up with, he said, the radiator is the thing in the car and the radiator is the thing in your house. Oh, interesting. Your home. I think yeah, because right. he thought one removes heat and one adds. I mean, they both function oh, the same, okay. but they do. That's an interesting thought, though, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. You, thought... you know, you know, what's funny was I was trying to refer to an old episode, but now we're having the exact because I, I listened to it last <laughs> night and I thought I'd make a little joke, but now we're having the exact same conversation. Oh no, it's very did we strange. do this last year? Yeah, but you know what? You can do it next year too, it's, it's fine. <laughs> tradition, so. make it a tradition. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all forget it's about us. it by then. Yeah, that's fine. But um, it is interesting anyway. though how how radiators are used. I mean, I know you radiate the heat out into the air, but you're, it's used as a cooling apparatus. You know, it doesn't it, like a radiator in a house for heating. Its description is like that's for me. That's radiating heat. It's a radiator. I can feel it. But then, yeah. a, a computer radiator is. You can't if it's working properly. You can't really feel that much heat yeah. from it. And, and it's, it's not like, radiating it to you. Like, yeah, the radiator to heat the home. It radiates the heat. It's, it's to me. Yeah, it's for yeah. me. Right? It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm the re receiver. The, the recipients of the heat, of the radiation. Yeah. <laughs> since since we're on this since we're on this subject, and Matt's quite the um, quite the quite quite the camera aficionado, and you know, so are you, Pat, to some extent, and I suppose I am too. Speaking of radiation, whatever. All right. So I believe certain certain countries they restrict where you can take photographs, like say the Eiffel Tower. Is that is that is that a correct statement? I, I believe it is. I think so. Yeah. But I think so. Don't <laughs> yeah. But but you're not actually taking a photo. It's it it is throwing that radiation that is throwing those colors to you. You were just capturing it. 
there's nothing. So how can they, how can they say you can't take this picture? That's, that's a, that's a complaint I've had in my mind for a while. I just feel like you two are the people that I can express that to. We're already and taking maybe, the pictures. I'm yeah. We're already my... taking the pictures. They, they have the Eiffel tower at all has assaulted you with its, with its pictures. <laughs> yeah. You were just capturing me it. With its majesty is what it's done. With its majesty. <laughs> so now that we've, uh, Completely gone off the subject again. <laughs> Jeremy doesn't have a question. Yeah. He just has a rant about. Yeah, I just, I just have a rant about that, and we can, we can, we can uh, cut that out. We could put it in the extra, extra doodad afterward or whatever. I think you but should that, leave it in. I, think okay. I, will, I will. It's quite funny. <laughs> yeah, but but we'll, we'll turn that into a segue. And yeah. now, in addition to PlayStation Fives, I was going to say two because that still seems like the new one to me. Um, <laughs> you have made a unique camera, so let's let's uh, that's that's your latest video. Is that is that correct? Yes, I'm, uh, uh, released about okay. ten days ago at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, can you so, can you just describe that to us a little bit? Was that a, was that a good? Yeah, I'll, I'll describe. I saw that got like a million process, views actually. like right off the yeah. bat. So obviously that was pretty good. Well, I'll describe the thought process behind that actually because it's it's quite um, how I came to finally build it was quite a long process. So, um, as I explained in the video, old lenses can project much larger imaging circles because that was a medium back then. We didn't have uh, digital imaging sensors. We, you know, initially had wet plate cameras and then it developed, it was film, medium format, large format, things like that. And um, because of this larger projection, they had a shallower depth of field. Now, of course, this was well, something and, and that... And when you say that, you're talking about a very large aperture, right? That's what we call it in today's... Terminology. Well, is that where it's we're... it's uh, the very large aperture is physically large aperture is the mechanism behind what makes the shallow depth of field in tandem with the projection circle. So the shallow oh, okay. depth of field is the effect of it all. So um, a shallow depth of field, for those who don't know, is just a really narrow plane of which the image is actually in focus. So it means like um, if you took a po uh, photo of me in uh, with a full frame camera with a fast lens, the background would be blurred because it has a shallower depth of field than say a smartphone, which would have to like digitally blur it, which doesn't look great sometimes. Um, so older lenses beat out um, full frame cameras just because of the massive imaging circle. And this look is completely unique, but there's no way of properly capturing it. So. Um, because obviously the image sensor would have to be just ridiculously big. Um, so I had this lens and I knew its imaging circle was massive. And uh, what and I needed to They wouldn't to like borrow was... the James Webb telescope. Yeah, sensor. it would be interesting actually. I don't really know how big do that they is, have... but it's big. Yeah. yeah, do they have proper big sensors or do they... Like, how... they use mirrors and things, don't they? Because I don't know, they use a grid of sensors, I think, actually. I bet they do. You know, I, th I think a team of people that are even bigger camera nuts than you, Matt, probably probably work on that one. You can keep telling us <laughs> yeah. the story, and I'm going to find out how. Big yeah, that will make my 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 camera look a, a bit puny, I think. <laughs> but but not not to insult your camera, I. I <laughs> well, it's okay. I apologize. It's, it's, it, it's not too too upset. It's. Uh, oh, there have a picture <laughs> of a gentleman looking at the sensors, examining them. They're big, but not crazy big. Okay, right. Yeah, it, I mean, 
to manufacture a sensor that big, like the failure rate would be just ridiculous. I can imagine them making maybe like 10 tops for a very specialist application, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about it, to be honest. Um, but anyway, I wanted a way of capturing this shallow depth of field image, and um, there was an old, old way of doing it where people would capture full-frame camera lenses with old video cameras. So this is way back before DSLRs could do video, and they'd call them, they called them de depth of field adapters. They'd just project it onto a, a small sheet of um, glass, a ground glass, and then capture that with the camcorder from behind. And it resulted in a um, approximation of what a stills or DSLR image would be, which as back then they couldn't do video. So this was a big deal. Um, and then I basically just took that same concept, scaled it up, and then made a video about it. <laughs> and that's, that's basically all, it, all there is to it, really. You, you modernized a camcorder and a film camera into a... You it's know, basically a stuff, glorified a depth of field adapter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, there's nothing like super new about the concept, but it's introducing it and um, using it for something new and fresh that makes it interesting for people to watch. So it's like I'm making a little educational episode of TV or something. Um, so that's how it worked as a package, a YouTube video package. Um, it's it's so, an awesome video and an awesome camera. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm supposed to call it a camera. Whatever it is, it's amazing. Yeah, it's sort of, it's not really a camera. It's just a, you know, but it's, I think it's easy to call it a camera, really. Yeah. It's just not really a camera. <laughs> it's just people get what you mean if you say camera. But it, this is a, a massive, massive thing, though, compared to modern lenses is that is that uh yeah. statement yeah i have the lens over here so this is the lens itself and um oh you can see me through it. oh that's fun <laughs> <laughs> so this uh, this aperture is absolutely um ginormous and uh wow compared to a full frame camera lens how heavy does that feel really heavy <laughs> like, is it like, a, uh, it must like be is there air two in kilograms. the middle or is it mostly glass it's mostly glass yeah there is air but it's mostly glass i can actually unscrew it but um I oh don't do that for that. us but that's that's, the, that's oh well <laughs> that's an equivalent like full frame camera lens similar field of view um only you can see its apertures the hole there compared to the hole there. Wow, Massive that's difference. Incredible. And that's what results in the tiny depth of field, the really shallow depth of field. Um, so people have actually gotten in contact with you to try to, to rent, rent this, want, yes, this device? Because there's no other way of capturing an image that this can capture presently. I've had a lot of requests from people wanting to rent it, uh, the whole unit. And that's quite exciting, but I don't know what to charge <laughs> because it's... Uh, <laughs> it's um, uh, it's a one-off, um, so yeah. Well, I, I suppose you have to charge them for the whole time you worked on it. So you know, maybe say <laughs> 150 pounds per hour that you've worked on the video, and you know, break that down. We'll see. And, I, I'd know. like to just see it used in like an advert, TV advert, um, commercial, or, or a film or something. Like I'd love to see it actually used for with like skill, like skillful people behind the camera. Because I'm not yeah. a cinematographer. Um, you're, and you're pretty. You're pretty good. I mean, you're not. Well, you know, I operate the camera. You, but you know what I'm you're not, doing. Yeah. <laughs> but I would love to see someone who's like um, 
talented in that area actually use it f to create art. So there's this guy called uh, Philip Bloom, who I, um, he used to have like this blog that I used to read really regularly when I would like, this is like way back in like 2012, kind of 2010, even earlier than that actually. Um, and I would look at this uh, blog so often and I'd learned, I'd learned so much about cameras from things he'd blog about. And one of the things he was really into was depth of field adapters. That's how I learned about them. And oh, that's cool. I think I, because he's a cinema or director of photography or cinematographer, he does lots of camera stuff. I would love to see like what he could do with it or something. Yeah. So I might, I might just like lend it out to some people and just see, <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. yeah <laughs> when I tried. saw it, I thought, I don't, I mean, I don't know if we watch any of the same people on YouTube, but I remember Josh Yo putting a ridiculously big camera on a small gimbal. And I said, I wonder what kind of gimbal he'd put Matt's crazy camera on. Yeah, I wonder if there's anything strong enough for it, actually. Yeah. So for those who don't know, it's really, really heavy. Um, I'm making it lighter, but even then, it's still going to be a bit bit on the heavy big side. But uh, it is what it is. You know, this, it's unique. So Yeah, can, it's amazing. You know, well, that's awesome. Weight. So, so if we can ask you, what's what is your next project, or is that is that's a presently up sure. for debate? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> really? I'm present. Yeah, yeah. So, I had an idea to do um, a project that involved uh, ecologically reusing water, um, purifying water passively, basically, like passively, as in you're not inputting electrical energy or anything or chemicals. You can clean water completely so that it could you know you could use wastewater from you know doing the washing up or you know your washing machine you could literally recycle it make it pure to the point where you could drink it again um but it's a bit i'm not sure if that's a bit too um uh outside of the typical realm of what i usually do so i might do a project about laptops uh, not about laptops, oh, but laptops. a project for laptops. <laughs> you know, so uh... actually, we we had a um, we had a, a a question from Brian Moses, actually one of our Patreons. He, he asked if you were going to do a a DIY NAS build. Are you you ever thought about something like that, or is that there was there was talk of that quite a while ago, actually, um, and I even got in, um, or rather Linus from Linus Tech Tips got in touch about it because they actually did a stint of videos where they'd go and build NAS projects for like NAS builds for various other YouTubers and um, I couldn't like he, he he said that they would um, get like the the parts for me and and, and stuff and I, I just had to get back with a with a sort of video concept but I couldn't think of a way to make it unique and interesting so actually that ended up sort of um, uh, not happening just because I, I couldn't think of a way that could make it interesting and, and that was reciprocal for them as well obviously sending yeah. them bits so yeah. unfortunately yeah, that I, didn't I, work out I, I but, get that uh, and and for those that don't know NAS is a network attached storage so you can basically have your all your files on one one thing somewhere and access it from notebooks and if stuff you're yeah, old, really you know better than me I still think of it as a file server because that's what we used to call them. <laughs> that's basically what it is, yeah, yeah. It is. It and, absolutely uh, is, yeah. It's just a fancy... Yeah. People want to sound fancier, so we want to sound... <laughs> we want our jobs to seem more important. 
is Matt, Matt I, I actually have I've I've thought of this purification and stuff. The video is DIY Cobb House with built-in water purification. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> That's, that would work well, actually, because there is a roof on which it could sit because it uh, uses the power of the sun. So Yeah. Well, but obviously, I don't have this. I don't have the same sense that you do about this stuff. So, I, so you know. Don't... <laughs> no, it would be a good yeah. addition. It's just... Uh, yeah, use your the... spidey sense, Matt. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it would be interesting actually if uh, if anyone watching thinks that that would be particularly interesting. I would, you know, appreciate any feedback. Because um, yeah. I, I, I actually well, was thinking about doing a live, a live stream and talking to my audience for for the first time ever, really. And uh, it would be actually great to discuss with them how I can improve the channel, like what they would like to see, you know, things that. Um, categories they would like to to look into so i'd like to start a bit of a two-way dialogue with them. oh that'd sure. be awesome i've noticed well, some of what? the some of the other youtubers i don't know what to say i don't know the YouTubers? right word to put that's, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of the folks that do live streams like very interactive live streams because i know you have eight billion subscribers it's a huge number a lot of them filter you know, they do the live stream for patrons or so to, you know, to funnel mm. it down to a, a more idea. manageable, a more manageable. Yeah. I shouldn't yeah, be telling you how to do your job, man. I'm not. Well, I actually have no but... idea on the live stream side, so I'm open to any input yeah. with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do either yeah. of you do any like, um, live, mm. like live streams and podcasts and stuff? Me and my friend uh, Brian do a monthly live stream. We record four episodes of a show. We call it the Butter What Show, and we just review uh, review. I don't know the. I don't know what we do, Matt. It's we find cool <laughs> things to talk about. Sometimes it's a YouTube video. Sometimes it's a thing. Sometimes, but we just try to talk about four things every month, so I can publish an episode every. Yeah. Every week, where, I try to do things nobody's ever heard of before, but sometimes right. that backfires. Like, have you guys seen the haptic feedback knob? The open source haptic feed. It looks like a Nest thermostat, but it uses oh, wow. a gimbal motor, so it can yeah, set I've seen detents. That. That's pretty cool. So when you t configurable detents, so it'll go click, click, click. Oh you wow, that's amazing! It's so cool. I put it on our docket from, I saw it in on Reddit, and I thought, oh, this is neat. But by the time we recorded, edited, and published the video, that his video had a million views. And I'm like, why uh, does our video have thousands of views? Why did anybody watch this video? And then I'm like, oh, we're just, <laughs> we're accidentally getting the leave-ins from the real video. They're, I'm getting... Right. <laughs> but that's not where, our where, goal. We're not trying to... We're trying to do it the other way around, but every now and then it goes backwards on it. Right. <laughs> One, but hardly anybody talks get... to us, Matt. We don't have four billion, four billion million people. I wish, to... I wish it was four billion. <laughs> but yeah. um, where do you get your like inspiration from for, for your own projects and things? Is it literally like whatever you come across on the internet and you think, oh, you get an idea from that? I'm, I'm curious because it's uh, a lot. A lot of people. Um, I'm like I sometimes I actually find it um, 
the internet's so big and vast and yet sometimes it can be hard to find genuinely new and unique things um, it's true it's true why I click a lot of YouTube videos anymore, and the more we've done, we've been doing this for like I think we've done eighteen live streams so far, one a month. And okay. as we've been doing this, I end up watching more YouTube videos, right? And I have a bunch of subreddits that I keep an eye on. And anytime right. I see something cool on Reddit, I just make sure I like things. And then a few days before so we're the... going to record, I just go back and find the right. things okay. that I liked in various places. Yeah. yeah. Some months we have so many things we have. We only want to talk about four things because we have one a week for the episodes. But other months, it's trouble. We have a lot of trouble picking four good things to talk about. Yeah. And what about like things that you you build? Because um, last time, um, one of you, I think it was, um, I think it was, no, I, I can't remember which of you it was actually. We're making a PCB, and it was a ring, I think. Yeah. Oh uh, my goodness. Oh. Matt, I've That's done a what bad I job ask about about. delivering a project to the people, but oh my goodness, we have back here, I bought a pick and place machine to make okay. PCBs for us, and we've, wow. converted the, uh, we've converted the project down to, uh, I mean, this, do I have a single? Here's a single. We've made it a little guy. I have to hide my eyes for it to focus. Interesting. It's a, this is about the size of a cherry keycap. Wow. So that we could right. put this. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to be able to. Well, at first I wanted to put it like, you know, where your numlock or caps lock might be. Yes. On your keyboard. But then I figured out, and it's too bad you can't buy Raspberry Pis anymore. But they fit very well in Raspberry oh, Pi. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. And, and I'm excited. I don't know if I'm allowed to. I don't know if I should be talking about numbers because I'll be sad if we can't meet it, but it seems like we could build these for about, if I assemble them on the machine back here, the open source pick and place machine, I might be able to make these for two, little over $2 each. Wow. In parts okay. and components and things. That's very so I think I, cheap, yeah. And that's only 10 or 20 cents more than it would cost me to have PCBWay make them for me. But you can only have PCBWay make them at a good price if you order $3,000 worth. Yeah, yeah, all at once. yeah, yeah. And I don't know about you, but I'd be terrified to have a box of $3,000 worth of stuff that nobody's ever going to buy. <laughs> it would... Yes. <laughs> but yeah. I have so, to unplug this uh, to hold it up. I put one on Jeremy's macro pad. Oh, yeah. Usually this is good. lit up, but I had to I had to unplug it. But I've got CPU meters, network meters spinning on these. I'm so excited. Cool. You have very, no idea how cool. excited yeah, I am, yeah. Matt. I just have to figure out how to work the pick and place now. Right. <laughs> Do you think yeah. that's going to be quite a steep learning curve? I I've got now you've used three D printers and CNC machines and stuff. The pick and place is cool. It has cameras and computer oh, really? vision. Okay. Yeah, it picks it. It picks up a. It can see where the parts are, and then pick up the part, and then it brings right. the part over to another camera that's pointing up to rotate the part to face the right way, and it can adjust the offset of where the hard part seems to be calibrating this to get uh, it. Okay. But yeah, even I just what I have it doing so far feels like magic. Watching it go over and. Like, you know, on our 3D printers, they hit the limit switches to find their home. 
this hits the limit switches, then goes to where the camera is, and you can watch it make micro adjustments to get the nozzle. Oh, interesting. Yeah. To zero. Yeah. It's it's so, fascinating. So you said it was uh, open source as well, an open source it project. It is. And we interviewed the gentleman who started the company doing this, Stephen Hawes. He's delightful. Oh, yeah. He's He's the second nicest guy on YouTube. That's right. Second best interview we've ever had. Yes. Uh, well, you can't. We can't say that. To all the no, that's not true. We've, we've, had, we've we have had some fantastic interviews, including Matt Perks and Stephen Hawes, of course. But it's a tremendous machine. It's a tremendous value, especially if we can get it working. I've been lazy. So, how much does one of those kind of like what what does it run for? This one was eleven hundred dollars for the kit. And you had to 3D print hmm. a whole bunch of stuff. But the new and, kit and we should mention out, It's called the Lumen PNP, too. So we should probably just put that out there in the case anybody is listening. So We should. We sure should. Because he's doing a really good job. And the new version that's coming out in a few months, he's you don't 3D print anything. They 3D print. And they have it partially assembled. It's in like three or four pieces instead of 800 pieces. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it comes with two vacuum tools now. And it's about six hundred dollars more. I think it's a seventeen forty-five for the new kit. And I think okay. it's worth every penny because all the stuff that took it's, me a long it's time incredible to incredible value. Yeah. Yeah. So does it, think, so what it, it does is basically take all you've got your PCB, presumably yep. manufactured got, somewhere. Yep, like um, this one's a panel with ten and little guys on it. Grabs the SM, SMD um or whatever components you're having then plops them on and then yep. what 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 happens next well some of it i have to, i have to manually put the solder paste on before putting it in the machine there's you get a you get a metal stencil and you just kind of smear it on there like it's a bagel through the little holes and then when you take it off the machine you have to cook it somehow like in a little oven or so you have to do that very carefully presumably to not, not that they stay on there pretty well i mean you can't right. poke at them but you can pick it up and you'll be You'll be fine. Ah, sounds amazing. Like, it's amazing, I, it's, it's, isn't it? I'm it's excited a to place, have a new robot. It's a place, not a poking place. <laughs>